cliffcentral.com. Now it is time for a little bit of Collectomania. So Collectomania, of course, every week is brought to you by the South African Gold Coin Exchange and the Scoin Shop. You can check them out at scoinshop.com. And uh, the reason we love having them on cliffcentral.com is because you can actually collect you know, precious metals from them as well. You can get uh, a gold coin, you can get silver, you can get platinum from them. And this is one of the few ways that you can actually have this stuff as a a hedge against currency depreciation, frankly. It's something that you should think about. You have a couple of um, gold or silver coins in the safe or you put them in, in the bank if you want to, to make them a little bit more safe. That gives you some kind of safe haven against the ups and downs of currencies. And we talk, you know, a lot of cryptocurrency here. We talk a little bit about foreign exchange. We talk a little bit about investments in stocks and shares. But if you're smart, you should also have some some diversification into precious metals. And this is one of the things you can do to actually tick that box. So go along to scoinshop.com and see there are lots of very, very interesting collectibles there. We spoke about the James Bond coin that was released just the other day, and you can get some of those. But they've got all kinds of interesting stuff there. And speaking of interesting stuff, if you collect interesting or unusual things, Get hold of us on contact at cliffcentral.com. We would love to hear from you, and we'd like to feature you and your collection on Collectomania. So we got an email from uh, Rowan de Villiers. He sent us an email. He said, uh, my passion for collecting encyclopedias was fostered by my journeys around South Africa, moving quite a bit when I was young, and I had a naturally curious mind. It started when I was seven years old, and over the years I've expanded my collection to about 50 books. There are a wide range of topics uh, that are covered in them from the culinary arts to art history and many more. Some are bought, some inherited, some were given to me by family and friends. The collection is spread between my home and my parents' home as I don't have the space to store it all in one place. And I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old who loves to draw in books and therefore ruin the collection. (laughs) I recently acquired a book on the Byzantine Empire's art that has become a valuable part of my collection. So let's talk to Rowan. Let's find out what he's up to. Hey, Rowan, how's it going, man? Hey, morning, Gareth. Well done yourself. Good, good, good. So you collect encyclopedias, but it sounds like you collect all kinds of interesting books. Yeah, so I think it's pretty much um, something that I've been fascinated with since I was a young kid. Uh, actually, I was you mentioned seven years old. I actually went through my books uh, over the weekend, and I discovered that one of the first books I was given when I was five, mm-hmm. so one of the first um, – one of the first encyclopedias is this one here, Encyclopedia for Animals. And it was given to me on my birthday on, on, in 95. And that's pretty much where it all started. But I think, yeah, in terms of collections of rare books um, and things like that, I thought I brought, brought this one along today. Um, this is a book by Winston Churchill. It's the mm. Second World War's abridged edition. And this one was also inherited. Um, but you can see by the condition that it's really, really old. Um, awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's just something I'm very passionate about and, you know, the history behind it and the fascination by it. But I just think also it's because there are not many encyclopedias that are being published anymore. No. Uh, they can become more and more valuable as time progresses. So, yeah, it's something that I'm very interested in. So I've, I've um, also got a couple of sets of encyclopedias. I got one which my parents gave me eventually. It was the one that I grew up with. It was something that I think kept me sane when I was a kid because I was always interested in so many different things. And my grandmother, who never let me win a trivial pursuit, um, said to me, uh, you, you, I'm not going to make this easy for you. you. If you want to beat me at trivial pursuit, you'd better learn. And I remember going through the encyclopedias virtually 
every night before I went to sleep, I'd read as many pages as I could until I fell asleep. And that's probably one of the things I'll give credit to for general knowledge and, and my love for and, and, and an appreciation for and curiosity for the world. Um, and if you have an encyclopedia set as a kid, especially before the Internet, you know, I mean, we didn't have mm. endless online resources. And an encyclopedia was like a gold mine. I could use that to look up anything from, you know, human anatomy to what you said just now about the Byzantine Empire to art to, you know, science. To, I could I could look that stuff up in the encyclopedia and get a kind of general knowledge about it, which I think led me on to interests in very specific things later on. So mm. did, did you actually read these books as a kid? I mean, were you, were you interested well, in them from cover to cover? Yeah. So I've, I've, I mean, talking about cover to cover, uh, I, when we lived in Bloemfontein, um, my parents used to get so irritated with me because we would have guests come over and I would wake them up at the crack of dawn at like four thirty, five o'clock with a child craft book in my hands. And I would expect the guests to read it to me and basically read it from cover to cover. And they used to be so pissed off that they would actually look at me and go like, really, this is four 30 in the morning. We're actually on holiday here. Why the hell are you waking up uh, us up at four 30 in the morning? <laughs> and it just progressed further and further. And I've, yeah, I've, I've read a lot of them. Um, and some of them I've actually read sections of it. The, the, the ones that actually I've read, pretty avidly are the collections of the British empire and the world war two binders nice. that are in my collection. So I think, nice. I think there's about 14 or 15 of them. And yeah, those are, those are very intriguing because that's a chronological cap, uh, encapsulation of history from do you the think, beginning to the end of the British empire. Do you think it's getting easier to collect books now? Obviously one day it'll be, it'll be a very rare and expensive hobby again, but because people are divesting themselves of books, you know, you can find everything yeah. on the internet, as I said earlier. So people don't, and, and you've got Kindle now. So many people would read digital versions of things rather than have the actual books. Of course they take up space. Uh, you need to have places to store them. When if I had to, fire has it. fire has it. If I had to move, if I had to move house now, I guarantee you sixty to seventy percent of the weight of whatever you took out of my house would be books, and that's not necessarily sensible, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm actually like half of my books are stored at other places yeah. because if I had to store them in there, if I had to store them in one place, I think half of them would have been destroyed by now, either by my two-year-old daughter or the fact that um, <laughs> there's just this is as too many. rightly said, it's just uh, a fire hazard in so many ways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. getting a vault, Rowan. Uh, firstly, Rowan, incredible hair, and also, um, I did want to say this at the beginning. Oh too, my god, was what's Rowan on? What's Rowan on? Oh my god. <laughs> well, on a serious note, have you considered getting a vault for them? Like, like I mean, you're collecting seriously. What you've got will be a collector's item within 10 to 15 years. Have you thought of getting like a vault or, or, or something like that? Or a storage container? Um, yeah, well, the thing is, there's risks with that as well. Because yeah. if you store it in a facility that could potentially get water damage yeah. and those kind of things, then you sit in a position where you could be screwed. Um, and also insurance companies, and just not, they don't insure books. That's the crazy thing. is they are, Unless they're a first edition hardcover and they're worth over, I think it's like 10,000 Rand insurance companies might consider it. Yeah. But uh, if it's low val value then and you can store, they're still widely available, then you can forget about it. So, yeah, there's, there's that aspect to consider. But I, I guess really 
um, I just kind of store it wherever I can. Or I loan it out to people because I know if, if I loan it out to other people, then I'm going to get them to look after it just as well as I do. But here's yeah, a, here's a bit um, of a here's a bit of a selection of your your collection yeah. of books. Um, what's the most you've spent on a book? Sure, that's a question. <laughs> um, I think the closest that I've spent is I was in a, a, a an antique bookstore in Stanford outside of Manus, and oh my god, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> that's Simbolello's new girlfriend. You want to take a look again? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Sorry, I just had to interrupt. You spent how no, much? No, it's fine. Uh, I think it's probably around about two grand on a Gee, book. Okay, yeah. That's good. Um, but that was, but that book um, sadly also got lost. I lent it to my English teacher oh. back when I was in high school, dumb, and dumb, then dumb. it just got lost. Never ever so, lend, never lend a book to someone unless you expect not to get it back. Yeah, so I was, it was, it was kind of sad that I lost it. But anyway, it was a, it was a book about the Win, um, the, the Windsor family. Um, it was called the Windsor Tapestries, and it was a mm. first edition. And it was quite a valuable item in my collection and then just vanished into the name. Yeah. I'm still wondering if it's still sitting somewhere at my old high school. But, yeah, that's, that's a, a very interesting one. You know, I, I sometimes have dreams about being uh, uh, given a key to, like, the, the rare books section of a famous university or a, or a really big public library. Just being given those keys and being allowed to just go in and explore for hours and hours and hours. Because I think that would be a kind of heaven for me as well. Um, and their, their books, for example, I ordered a, a catalog of books from this uh, library in, I think it's in Boston in America. And they sent it to me on, on a DVD. Now, none of my you know machines can read a DVD anymore. So I gave it to Greg at our office and he downloaded it onto USB for me. But it's a, a collection of probably about 50 or 60 books that are no longer in print that the, someone has painstakingly gone and scanned every page of wow. these 50 to 60 books. Wow. And none of them can be bought anymore. But now I have, I have the versions on a digital copy. I don't know what to do with them, though, because it's on a little USB, which obviously I'm never going to erase. So I've actually written on the USB what it is and put it into, into the safe. It's the only thing I can think to do with it. Mm. Well, it's like I was in the um, – we, uh, my wife and I, we traveled to uh, Prague back in 2018, and we were able to go into the Clementina, which is one of the oldest libraries in oh, Europe. Wow. And you're actually not even allowed to touch the books. You stand at a railing, and you can't even take pictures in the in the library. It's mm -hmm. that sensitive. Those, and 90% of the books are in Latin, so you wouldn't be able to even understand it because the Clementina was a monastery back in the day. Yeah. So it's – it's protected. Uh, it's an absolutely stunning library. Took my breath away when I walked in, but those books, some of them are six to seven hundred years old. Um, wow! So it's it's no, it's an incredible, incredible collection. And and the amazing thing is that it was locked up. It, the Soviet Union did us a very good favor with the Clementine, and they just boarded it up during the so the Cold War and just ignored it. It never never looked Thank after God. it. And then in 1992, they unlocked it and they discovered that these books were still in the good condition they hadn't been destroyed and overused so phenomenal. yeah we're very lucky that that's incredible the fact that it survived a world war and uh that, the soviet and on, the on, war. A, on a very short list of things the soviet union did to advance humanity that's absolutely on there I, i'm pleased to i'm pleased to have that report from you that's very good so 
encyclopedias are interesting because obviously they contain, you know, all the knowledge that people had at that time in a series mm. of books. But these collections are available and there are bookshops across South Africa that are selling them. I think a lot of people have tried to get rid of them because they're heavy and they take up space. Mm. Um, there are really, really great encyclopedias that are full of like color plates and illustrations and that sort of thing. And then there are those ones that are much more like dictionaries. Um, are there, are there any particular collections of, cause again, people used to make fun of encyclopedia salespeople, you know, they used to go, Oh, the encyclopedia is like <laughs> the every man's entry into the world. But, but these days I think that they probably do have quite a lot of value, especially if you've got a good set of Britannicas or one of those. Yeah, I mean the Britannicas are probably worth quite a quite a bit now. I know that there's uh, a collection in the UK that's probably worth close to four hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, if I'm correct. Yeah, um, it's but I mean it was one of the first that were published back in the 19th century, so it's it's quite a a, a valuable collection. Um, but again, you know, encyclopedias are. I mean, I found an encyclopedia for. The sail, the sailorman's cook. There was, I don't forget the name of the book, but it was in a antique bookstore in, uh, Cork Bay in Cape Town. And it was mm. a second edition and it, they were selling it for six and a half thousand rand. Sure. Um, so, you know, the books are going to become the next collectible that people don't realize are going to be worth quite a lot. I think in, so. I think so. <laughs> Jesus, what was that? Wolves. Sorry, that's my dog. Wolves. Wolves. There are whoa, wolves whoa. that come and eat you. Sorry. It's going to come and eat you. I'm so sorry about that. Whoa. What kind of dog have you got going there? That's a, it's a beagle, and he doesn't oh. shut up. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have... Show us the... uh, I was going to say a beagle. They have those extended barks that turn into please, um, kind of howls. Please go and fetch your beagle. We want to see the beagle now. Just give me a second. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this dog. I love What Ron should have done was looked in the encyclopedia. They don't just go wolf. They go... Woof. Woof. Let's see the beagle. Oh, there we go. Oh, man. Hello. Oh, oh. There he is. <laughs> awesome dog. I love beagles. Oh. Hello. What's his name? Sorry, I didn't mean to hurt him, but yeah, that's, no, shame. that's What's, Blake. What is it? Blake. Hello, Blake. Yeah. Blake. Oh, man. Yeah, he's a bit of a nuisance. But he's 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 family he's a family pet, so he's very much full of energy. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, now we've met the we've met the family hound. That's good news. Yeah. Apparently, your dog made made Tracy's pug bark and growl. So how's that? We're we're starting. There we go. We're, we're starting a chain of barking across the country this morning. We're even so trying. influential. We're yeah. starting a chain bark. Feels like we're back in the 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Um. Th- there's there's obviously. You know, the, the things about these books that make them interesting from a, from a value point of view. And lots of people who collect things are only collecting them for their value, but other people collect them for a number of other reasons. I mean, one of the things I like about books is that I can reference them whenever I like, which is kind of helpful because I'm interested in stuff that most other people are not. So, you know, if it's genealogical or heraldic or, you know, it has to do with inorganic chemistry, then I'm the only one who cares about that shit. But I've got my books and I know where to look something up if I'm interested in it. It's easier than Googling yeah. it for me. Um, and the other thing is that I think books give character to a room. Like, I love the fact that mm-hmm. a lot of rooms in my house, probably the only two exceptions, are the kitchen and the dining room and the bathrooms. But otherwise, I've got books in pretty much every other room. 
and it makes it look nice. It makes it look like it's lived in. And you know, if you if you're using those books and they've got a little bit of character because they don't they're not in a glass case, no one can touch them. People read through them. I mean, I've got one friend. Whenever she stays here, um, and and she'll come and visit me, she'll she'll spend the night sometimes, and she'll read the Asterix books, which is by no means, uh, you know, high literature or something that's valuable, but she absolutely loves it. So she says to me every time that she's here, she reads one of the Asterix books. It takes her like 15, 20 minutes, and she loves it just before she goes to sleep. Yeah, no, def- um, I actually, where's that book um, over here? This one my dad gave me. Um, obviously thought I was quite an idiot when it came to doing it yourself. Oh, yeah. So he gave me a Reader's Digest do-it-yourself manual, <laughs> which... <laughs> <laughs> which was published in uh, God knows when. Um, first published in, oh, wow, 1975. So he clearly thought I was inept at doing at, at hammering a nail into a wall and putting up frames, which I actually am because I've destroyed enough in my life to know um, putting up frames and things in our yeah. house. Like I've just chipped no, the wall, like, well, wall the other day. That's okay, though. I mean, it's. I think it's a bit better than the book my mom gave me before which was? I was married, which was called Cook- Cooking for One. <laughs> and I used it a lot today. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I still use it now. There you go. <laughs> I was like, Mom, how much faith do you have in me? Oh, my God. Well, there speaking, you go. Speaking of cookbooks, awesome. um, Peter John uh, Vardis says, I collect cookbooks. It's hard to believe how much value some have. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that do-it-yourself book is, like, you'll find some stuff in there that people have forgotten today. I'll tell you yeah. what, if you, if you page through that thing, you'll discover how to, like, get the moisture out of a watch or funny things that people don't know about anymore. You know, some people, there's some interesting stuff there. There's some wisdom. There's some arcane knowledge, which we've moved on from because we think, oh, well, you know, if the watch doesn't work, we'll send it to someone. There used to be a time where we had to solve those problems ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, my grandfather, um, my dad's father, he pretty much fixed everything in his house. He never, ever sent it to a repairman. Yes. He became pretty much a handyman in his own home. So whenever thing, anything broke, whether it be a toaster, a hairdryer, we would take it to him because he would not have fixed it. <laughs> he fixed it. So <laughs> he just great. did everything. He um, was like, oh, just call Grandpa Frank. He'll fix it for you. Don't worry. Right. Um, and, I mean, he worked for the, the South African post office, which then became Telcom for 45 years. Right. Um, so he never, he just kind of learned as he went on in life. Uh, so yeah, that's... I really admire that. That's absolutely incredible. And what I admire still, Rowan, is your openness to lending books out because Gareth's dream is to get, um, uh, the key to all the old books. My, I also have a dream with the books that have been stolen from me is I have a dream where I murder each person. <laughs> With my hands. Ah, this is Who's where the serial killers come in. See, Leanne, yeah. we've gone full circle, Leanne. Yeah. So, you can so, haunt them in, 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 in your death by having your book fly out the shelf like a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bolelo, there's, there's actually quite a few um, books that are quite heavy and hefty enough to kill someone. So mm-hmm. you've got a murder weapon already. Mm. All right, yeah, so, so Rowan, if your house is burning down, which you can only take one book with you and you grab your beagle with the other arm, what's your book going to be? What are, you, what, are you sa- what are you saving and what are you going to have to let go? Oh, that's a – It's tough, right? Shit, that's a hard one. Mm. 
that's that's like that's like take, deciding whether to take my child or a book. Mm. Lord, <laughs> no, it's fifty it's fifty fifty. <laughs> well, wow, that's that, 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 that that's a difficult one. I mean, um, sure, I would probably, I yeah, I'd probably take some of the more older books, but I'd probably take um, my book of Winston Churchill okay. because it's it's a valuable book to me. That's excellent. Um, but that's that's it. I would take that one. I mean, Winston was. Quite a, a wise man in yeah. his day. So no, no, he he wrote some good stuff down. Um, here's a here's a great piece of advice uh, on the do it yourself stuff. Corona's boring says, "What happens is, oh, hang on, my uh, microphone went off." So Corona's boring says, uh, "With wet electronics, you leave it in rice overnight, and then the Chinese people come when you're sleeping and fix it." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, that's interesting. Do you go to do you go to these um like these fairs, these what what do you call them? It's almost like an outside kind of market. Craft market. Yeah, where people sell shit because those places can be either really interesting or terribly disappointing. And I've realized that so many of them are terribly disappointing that it's not worth getting in your car and going to them most of the time. But do you do you find that if you go to those markets you occasionally find some treasure? Um, yeah, I mean, the, there's the Milnerton Market in Cape Town that's quite well known for being uh, a flogger of just people's hoarding of stuff. I mean, it's uh, sometimes people say, you're a collector. Oh, you must be a hoarder. That's mm. the, that's the no. usual comment. It's like, oh, but uh, yeah. The, some people what is are, the difference in your mind between a hoarder and a collector? I say it's it's tidiness. Hoarders are untidy. Uh, well, I, you know, I had a conversation with um, uh you know, a friend of mine the other day, and I was saying to to them about how everyone collects something. Mm. Um, and if she she argued with me for about ten minutes, saying, "No, no, no one, not everyone collects something." I said, "Okay, well, then go through your phone and look at how many photos you have on your phone. Then mm. you a collector because mm-hmm. you're collecting fo- you're collecting photos. So you, yeah. everyone collects something, whether it be jewelry, whether it be money, whether it be we're collecting something. So yeah. at the end of the day, if you're a hoarder or a collector, you're still collecting. So. I think it's a, Bulelo that's keeps uh, he keeps one toenail from every one of his victims. That's what he collects. <laughs> it's true. It's for it's for, it's for the soup hair. I'm going to poison the next victim oh, with. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, but there are some great places um, in Cape Town. There used to be an antique uh, an antique craft market at Blauklippen Farm in in the Boerland area in Cape Town. And the one day I found a Rolex watch there. Jeez. Um, the guy was selling, it was made in 1934. Yeah. And it, he was selling it for, I think it was like 25 or 28,000 Rand. Hmm. Um, but it was a vintage. It still had its original strap, but it was still all the original mechanisms. And I was, I just put it on my, on my wrist and I, I didn't even realize what, what price it was. And I said, like, shit, when, it, when I saw 28,000, I was like, okay, here you go. You can just have it back. But Thank you'd you. probably be able to, <laughs> if, if it was 28,000 then, it's probably worth like a uh, hundred thousand now. So it might have probably been, might yeah. have been the right thing to buy. Some, some stuff you really never know. Well, listen, dude, thank you for sharing your collection with us. It's no really, problem. It's great to have someone who, who cares about books um, as much as some of us do. And I hope you continue to expand your collection and that your daughter doesn't uh, draw all over them. One day she'll appreciate them. Hopefully. Yes, yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. By the way, a lot of answers coming in here about the difference between hoarders and collectors. Collectors are organized, says uh, Luke and Day. And then someone else says hoarders are usually driven by some fear or a lack of something. That's interesting. Mm. Collectors are engineers. Well, I don't know about okay. that. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure. Interesting about that. comment. <laughs>
Yeah. All right. Very good. Thanks, man. Good to see you. Thanks, Gareth. Nice Thanks, to see Rowan. you. There we go. There's Rowan, Rowan de Villiers and his collection of books in Collectomania today, which is brought to you by the Scoin Shop and the South African Gold Coin Exchange. Cliffcentral.com.